In the holy name of Jesus, dear sisters and brothers in Christ. Confession is good for the soul. So goes the old Scottish proverb. Do you agree with it? Confession is good for the soul. It certainly makes sense because we know what happens when we do the opposite. We know what not confessing does to our soul, does to our heart, does to even our health. You and I say things like, it's eating me up inside. But King David said things like, when I kept silent, when I did not confess, he said, my bones wasted away. David said, it felt like the hand of the Almighty God was lowering on me until it crushed me. Until he said, all of my hope and all of my strength, all of it was sapped. That's what it's like when we don't confess. So we say confession is good for the soul. And if that's true, well, then tonight might just be the best night of the year. Because tonight, we confess. Lord, do we ever confess. More sin than you can shake a stick at. I mean, did you tell? This was a little more than your run-of-the-mill vanilla Sunday confession. You know, where we say week after week, I, I haven't loved you, God, the way I should, and I, and I haven't treated people the way that I should. No, tonight, we got specific Pretty much the first four pages of the service folder were really nothing but a long, drawn-out confession. Tonight we lay it on pretty thick. And we prefaced it all by saying that this is by my fault. By my own grievous fault. There's no finger-pointing. There are no excuses. Tonight is the night to confess, and so tonight must be good for our souls. We try to maintain that, that idea that confession is good for us, and yet, how exactly does that work? How does confessing all of the things that we did, how does it do our soul some good? Well, here's some twisted logic for you tonight. Here's what you and I do with it. This is good, we think, because the more bad stuff that we confess, the worse we feel about ourselves. And the worse we feel about ourselves, well, then the better we must actually be. Because how many people actually feel bad for how bad they are? So the worse you feel, the better you are. How about that? We actually start to feel good about being and feeling bad. To think that by our confession, by smearing some black on our foreheads, we've somehow cleansed ourselves and rebuilt whatever our mistakes tore down. And if that's what you think or how you feel tonight, that you're here to make yourself feel better by admitting how bad you are, then then Jesus has some choice words for you. 
If you're here tonight to get a little mark on your forehead because you want everybody to know how rotten and yet really how good of a person you are, Jesus has some words for you. You have received your reward in full. Your good feeling about feeling bad is all you're going to get. It's as good as it's going to get for you. So enjoy it. Live it up. This is actually what St. Paul was talking about in our first scripture reading from 2 Corinthians when he referenced worldly sorrow. And then in our gospel, Jesus painted some very vivid images of what that kind of confession, what that kind of worldly sorrow looks like. And did you notice what they all had in common? Jesus says, and St. Paul would agree, that worldly sorrow, a worldly confession, strives for one thing and one thing only, to get something out of it. I'll say I'm sorry if it gets me off the hook. I'll apologize and tell you that I'll never do it again if we can just end this awkward conversation. And whether it's a good feeling you're striving for or, or whether it's praise from people for, for your brutal honesty or your, your seriously heightened self-awareness, or maybe it's because you're clamoring for that good old pat on the back where somebody comforts you with that phrase we all love to hear, oh, come on, you're just being too hard on yourself. Or maybe it's worse. Maybe you think these things and you feel this way because you think that somehow if you confess enough or if you confess to the right things, that eventually, finally, you will get yourself right with God. Worldly sorrow is in it for the reward. It's in it for the recognition and in this life, it often gets it. If you're a person who has no problem saying sorry to people, you're probably considered to be pretty humble, pretty meek, pretty kind and gentle, the kind of people that, or person that people want to be around. And St. Paul says, and Jesus would agree, that this kind of worldly sorrow will get you all of that but it'll also get you what St. Paul says is ultimately death. It gets you no nearer to God. No godly sorrow does that. Godly sorrow, Paul says, leads to repentance and salvation and life. So what is this godly sorrow? What does it look like? Well, it's actually way simpler. Godly sorrow comes from saying back to God what he has already said to us. So, when God says, you are a sinner, and here are all of the ways that you have sinned against me, and here is what you deserve for it, godly sorrow says, God, I am a sinner, and here are all of the ways that I have sinned against you, and here is everything that I deserve because of it. 
And because God says it, it's true. And because it's true, it's good and right to confess. And so we put ashes on our foreheads, not because we seek to get something out of it, not because we want or need the world to know just how sinfully broken we are, but because it's true. From dust we all came, and to dust we will one day return. This is true. That against you, God, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. This is true. To confess, I am dying. And so are you. And it is all by our own grievous fault. This is true. And because it's true, it is good and right to confess it. And so confession is good for the soul. But we must never forget that confession, godly confession, has two parts. The one is that we confess our sins. The other, that we receive absolution or forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting but firmly believing that our sins are thus forgiven before God in heaven. You see, if confession is us telling the truth about ourselves to God, then absolution is God telling us an even truer truth about ourselves. If confession says, I have sinned, the absolution says, your sin is gone. And not gone as in just it vanishes. No, your sin is gone because it appeared on the body of the man who bore your sin for you. Your sin was peeled away from you and stuck to the very soul of the one who in your place bore not a cross of ash upon his forehead, but a cross of wood upon his back. It is Christ's cross that crosses the chasm between you and God. Christ repairs the damage. Christ is the one who makes you right, who makes you righteous. It is his cross that is now on your forehead. And it wasn't just placed there tonight with ashes, but at your baptism with water and the word. Where Jesus made his first confession over you. And it's his confession that truly is good for your soul. For he confesses, I love you. I forgive you. I lay down my life to save your own. I heal you. I have made you mine now and forever. Remember that you are dust. This is true. And it is the first part of confession. But as you wash off those ashes tonight, also remember the second part. Jesus has taken every last speck and blemish of sin that ever existed in your life. And he has washed it away all by his own blood.
And so go home tonight with a good soul. Not because you confessed, but because you are forgiven in Christ. Jesus says so. And if Jesus says so, then it's true. And if it's true, then it's good and right to confess. In his name, amen.